Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for being with me today. I hope you had a blessed Resurrection Sunday. We're going to chat about that a little bit today, as all of our hearts hopefully are nice and full from the joy of having um, family time and great community and church and everything else. So uh, I'm looking forward to the program today. Patrick's going to join me in just a minute to get things started I never know what he's up to, but we'll find out. And then the Monday afternoon mix, we're going to talk about Resurrection Sunday. Uh, Adam Ramsey, he's coming to us today all the way from Australia. He's written a lovely devotional, uh, Meditations on the Words of Jesus from the Gospel of John. And then uh, that is what we're going to do to get things started. Chris Palmer's going to teach us a little bit of Greek. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians with him. So... Lots of great scripture engagement today, and that's what I hope you are going to walk away with today, learning something important about God's Word. Patrick is my friend and confidant from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Hello, Patrick. Hello. This is the portion of the program where you learn nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but people have fun doing it, so you know what? That's a good way to start. A little bit of... Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you learn. Well, you learn stuff like you were just telling me about a job in the 1800s. I, I just, I, yeah. Well, well you know, cause yeah, I've been, you see all these stories about artificial intelligence is going to be putting these people, it's going to put people out of work at an alarming rate. And, you know, we didn't, it seems like we didn't used to care when blue collar people were put out of jobs. You're going, well, you're just a coal miner. Well, you're just, yeah, we'll just build those things somewhere else. <laughs> but now all of a sudden, you know, you go, wait a minute, lawyers are going to be out of work. This is bad. <laughs> I a little upset because these are lawyers. We're going to law school and everything. So I thought, well, you know, how many industries have been made obsolete over over the years, and, and you you think of the like some of the classics, you know, the the horse and buggy guys, the buggy yeah, whip guy. Done. You know, it isn't just the guy that did that that drove the horse and buggy. It was all the supplemental industries. You know, th- there were guys that were hired to clean up horse droppings behind the horse and buggies. That's true. That was their job. So I thought, well, what, what's one of the more obscure jobs? And so uh, in the eighteen hundred, and this makes sense when you think about it. Because uh, we didn't have very reliable clocks then, so there were there was a job and that people had. This was mostly in Britain, and and the you were called a knocker upper, and people hired you to come outside their bedroom window early in the morning and shoot peas at the window to wake. You were their human alarm clock, mm-hmm. and so you you. You know, they wanted you up at six o'clock. You're out there, you know, shooting peas at the window <laughs> <laughs> until they until they open a window and say, "Get off my lawn!" You know, that's <laughs> mm-hmm. The of it, yeah. And that, I think what was great is you know because you could build, you could parlay that business, and your cousin Joe would swing by about an hour later saying, "You have any glass that needs repair?" I am the, <laughs> the local window repair guy. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, you gotta go. And how did you even apply for that job? I mean, you know, you you go in and and they how many what kind of questions do they ask you? 
you know, because obviously you can't sleep in on that job. You, no, you, you can't. You, you, you know, who wakes you up? And you who wakes be, up the waker? Of the, yeah. And you have to be accurate. You, you can't go to the wrong window and wake somebody up that didn't want to be woken up. That would be a, yeah, that would be a problem as well. Yeah. But I imagine you sit down with the, with the boss. He says, I, a couple of questions. Uh, let's see. Job qualifications. Do you have insomnia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's and very if, helpful. if you answered yeah, yeah, if you answered yes to that, the next question was, do you like to vandalize property? <laughs> <laughs> and if those two answers were yes, they say, well, you're pretty much hired. I, you know, just here's, here's your straw. Here's some peas. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's funny. So and what would people pay for that service? Uh, you know, I mean, what I, would you a, pay for that? that I, <laughs> that's a really good question. <laughs> if you have to not oversleep and you don't have an alarm clock, you, you got to figure out some way to wake up. Now, I, yeah. I heard that another strategy is you drink like, you know, five glasses of water before you go to bed. So you will naturally have to get up to go to the bathroom. Yes. Uh, do you know what time it is, though? How many <laughs> no. times can you? I, I don't you know. know. I don't know. You don't sleep because you're up all night going to the bathroom. But yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, 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 you know, I kind of like the era that we live in. I'm glad we're not doing the time travel thing. Which I don't, th- I don't even know if that's possible because if time travel were possible, wouldn't somebody from the future be here right now? Yes. Saying, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Whatever I think you're right. Is. Yeah, they would already be here. Yeah. It would already exist. Now, now speaking so. of uh, jobs that aren't around anymore because the knocker-uppers, they're out of work, right? Because nobody's yes. hiring them to shoot peas at the glass in, in the early Could morning. Could you imagine – that you 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 said after you got lost your job as knocker up you said well I'm going into buggy whip manufacturing. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of years later they said I got some bad news for you. <laughs> I mean the blacksmith is not out of business yet is he? No, but you don't need as many of them. That's true. So and if you're a horse, anyway, if yeah, you're a horse, yeah. don't you pretty much buy the first pair of shoes you try on? Uh, yeah, I always thought it was. It's not that it's one size fits all, but nobody's ever made a comfortable pair. That's true. You know. You would you would think that you know some of those Norwegian companies that are famous for their comfortable <laughs> shoes would say you know mm-hmm. we could make some very comfortable like Uggs we could make some Uggs for horses <laughs> oh. and they would they would prefer ours but yeah so you were about to tell me about jobs that were obsolete well yeah uh, well I mean yeah there's plenty of uh, jobs that aren't around anymore and there's companies that aren't around anymore and yeah maybe we've already talked about this but I think when when video stores came out, part of the entertainment was going over there and spending thirty minutes looking at all the all the movies that you could maybe rent. That was half. That was half of it. And now, yeah, there's no more stores. You just stream online. But going to the video store was kind of a thing to do. It was a bit of a battle at times, though, as oh, you yeah. may recall. Yeah. Uh, you know, a new release. Oh yeah. You, they came out on Tuesdays. You'd show up, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> for that first couple of weeks, and they would say. Yeah, it's they're all out. And so you go, well, I'm not going to go home yet. I'm going to just hang here and wait for cars to pull up and see if anybody's returning a copy. <laughs> yeah. And by the time you got home at midnight, it was too late to watch the movie, but you you say, I got one. Yeah. Now it's due back tomorrow at 7 p.m. <laughs> so we have to stay up all night to watch this yeah. four-part series because <laughs> it's due back tomorrow. I waited. Yeah. I waited in the parking lot for somebody to put it in the Dropbox. Yeah. So. So those are gone. Yeah. yeah, those jobs are gone. But when you were young, what was your first job you had where somebody was paying you money? 
I actually, well, so other than cutting lawns, you know, cutting the grass for people, yeah. um, it was, uh, it was actually, it was after my, my father's funeral, uh, talking with the priest and he said, Hey, would you like to come work at the church? Hmm. And so I was hired to work at the church and uh, a couple of nights a week, we would print up the collection envelopes. Uh, because they were, you know, we were, they were hand printed. We had to put the, the address things, screens in them. We'd print up their, their envelopes for the month and then package all these things up. They got shipped out. And then on Sundays, a guy named Mike Lindsay and I, two 13 year old kids were tasked with then going back to collect those same envelopes. Only now they're full of money (laughs) after each of the church services. And we would walk down our, our church had like 10 services on Sunday. It was a very popular Catholic church in town. And we would walk down the busiest street in town, each of us carrying two bags stuffed full of cash, two 13-year-old <laughs> kids. We were paid $5 and all the root beer we could drink. We would sit at the, the rectory all day long and just wait for services to end. And then we would go there with our empty bags and we'd come up with these bulging bags of money, put them in the safe and drink a root beer. And, and at no time did we ever consider going – would they really miss that money? Would they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, going, we're pretty, we're young, we're fast. We could run with these bags. No, that, was, just, that it, was sacred money. It was sacred money. Yeah. And what's amazing is you think, would, would anybody even try that today? Not just, I don't, let's say you can find trustworthy kids. I th- I'm sure you can. But would you trust the rest of the town? I mean, wouldn't some person say, you realize, you see those two little kids? They're not very big. They weigh 80 pounds. Mm-hmm. They're carrying bags of money. Yeah, down yeah, the street. It was a very different time. Very it was a very time. different yeah. time. Yeah, so, so that was my first paying job, and then I worked at the magic store. Okay, yeah. So demonstrating magic tricks. Yeah, you've never really worked that hard. All right, let me take a break. When we come <laughs> back, uh, I want to uh, find out about allowance, and I want to ask listeners: uh, Did you get allowance? And are you in favor of giving allowance? And Patrick, you're at a point right now where allowance is a big deal in your family, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so yes. we have to figure it out. I don't remember ever getting allowance, but I do remember getting compensated for chores. And if you go clean the garage, you'll get $2. So I thought, I'll do that. So anyway, when we come back, we want to hear what you think about allowance. 877 933 2484. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at myfaithradio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to the show, and happy Monday. I'm so glad to have Patrick Albanese to kind of keep things on the lighter side. That's how I enjoy starting off the week. A merry heart is like good medicine, and he helps mm-hmm. make my heart merry. So, Patrick... Uh, I don't have anybody responding yet to my question about allowance. Uh, if you if you have it, if you're in favor of it, Rosie was just telling me at the break that uh, no no allowance and and no money for good grades. I don't know if you're doing that or what's going on in your house. 
Okay, so we've done none of those things uh, so far. Uh, and when I was a kid, we did get uh, an allowance, you know, whatever, a quarter, something like that. By the way, you got $2 for cleaning the garage. I'm calling you Mr. Money. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm sure it wasn't $2. I, I had $2 in my yeah. head because that was what I got paid the very first job I ever worked. Um, I got $2 an hour. So – Oh, I don't. Wanna... I got two dollars for the very first magic show I ever did, <laughs> and, and so, for and for the last one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're rolling. You were rolling in it. All right, I was rolling it. But but I, so I. But we got paid, we got an allowance, and we did get uh, a dollar for every A. And so you, if you brought home straight A's, it was it was seven bucks. It was hitting for the cycle. It was fantastic. Uh, I brought home six A's and a B once and tried to negotiate for 50 cents for the B, which, which went nowhere with my dad. He was an accountant. He says, nah, we just got the one, we just got the one category. We just got the one, the one price. We don't pay for the, for the anything under that. Uh, so I have not given my kids allowances or paid for grades, mm-hmm. uh, but we've been, you know, and they have never even asked, but it was, so if they say, well, I want to go to the, I'd like to go see a movie with my friends. Then we hand them this stack of money. We, we, it's substantial anymore. You said, well, here's $20. Will that cover it? And then I started to realize, I think an allowance might be cheaper. I don't know because I have a couple of questions. First off, do people still do that? Do you do it? Second question, how much is a fair amount? Third question, uh, do I owe back pay? I'm very concerned about that. Mm-hmm. That could be that could run into some big money. But and the only reason we started thinking about an allowance is I said, well, what I want to teach them is how to manage their money. So instead of paying for all of their needs whenever it pops up at their age, is it better to say, well, here's the money you're earning for doing your chores. You get you know here's your list of chores. You got to check the box. My mom had us you know it was on the fridge. My mom put everything on the fridge, calendars and chores. And you, we walked in and you just said, oh, okay, here's the bad news. So if we're going to do that, do we say, okay, these are the chores you have to do and you get your full amount? Do we do it per chore? And then that way, when they want to do something, you say, use your money. Mm. And then so if there's something you want, then you might have to save up your allowance for a few weeks to get to that point instead of just – because so, I was realizing, well, that would have been pretty handy when I was a kid to just be able to walk into my parents saying, I'd like to do something, pay up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I might have, I might have done this incorrectly. I yeah. may have done this, this the wrong way. I don't know. I, I, I feel like they'd be responsible. My son, of course, is fantastic at saving his money. We built a computer for him recently and he saved up $900 to buy all the parts. Wow. He worked on it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, my daughter, on the other hand, it's like, as soon as I have enough money to buy something, anything, I'm doing it. A stick yeah. of gum. I mean, you'll separate that pack up and just sell me a piece. I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we could teach some responsible money handling. I, I, or am I just trying to make life easy for no, myself? No, there's a great comment that has come in from a listener. Absolutely allowance work ethic, especially if you pay people that work harder based on their skill. So st- they, they started when they, their kids were 12 raking the yard. And then do you want to earn $2 an hour, $4 an hour, or $6 an hour, and then lay out what, down they, the apple tree. what right. they Take need the to tree. do 
to get yeah. the compensation. They were interested in being paid. When they were 15, tell them that you will match whatever they save up to $10,000 between now and the time they graduate from college for their first car. Most of my children had the 10000 before they were 20. Thank you, Dave Ramsey, to God. Be the glory. Good stewardship. Never too young to teach. Okay, you have to forward me that whole message. I will. I'm, I'm, I, that Five is, bucks I will. Oh, I yes, see. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's like cleaning out two and a half garages. <laughs> uh, if, my, if, if, if math serves. I, I like that. And also, it is a way to say, so if somebody tries to skip out on a, a duty, like, you know, taking the dog for a walk. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, when we got the dog, you know, it was all the stuff, months and months of we'll do it, we'll take care of them, we'll take care of them. And I knew that that, some of that was going to go by the wayside. I I didn't realize 20 minutes after getting the dog home, they were pretty much uninterested in having a dog anymore. You know, it took them a while. But so if you skip out and that's like, whoa, whoopsie doodles, you did not walk the dog this week. Uh, And I'm counting on the dog to report back to me. So that could be a problem. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, we, 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 there's a nice motivating factor. Here's one another reason to do your chores other than, you know, you like having a roof over your head, don't you, kid? Right. <laughs> right. Um, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, a couple I like more, that a lot. A couple more good comments. I, are, I've already texted it to you. I grew up on a, oh. a family-run dairy farm. One brother, four sisters. Never got an allowance. Parents expected us to help with chores, and we were always told... We have a roof over our heads, food on the table, and a warm bed to sleep in. It bothered me growing up hearing friends get allowance, but now as an adult, I am grateful for the experience and work ethic we gained. It humbled us all. That's really cool. Yeah, that is, you know, so, so uh, you know, I remember, you know, like I, we had had chores when I was a kid, and let's say mine was to cut the grass. And then I'd go out and try to be, you know, industrious and get some lawns in the neighborhood to cut and make some money. And so I, you know, whatever I was getting a lawn, four bucks, I can't remember what it was back then. And uh, um, saying to my folks, I go, you know, the other people, this this was really a bad idea on my part, by the way. <laughs> you know, mom, dad, about this cutting the lawn thing, other people pay me four dollars. And they said, you know, same thing when you got the roof over your head, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, my dad throws in the old, he goes, and exactly whose lawnmower are you using to cut those lawns? <laughs> oh, touche, dad. I was like, I believe that'd be ours. He said, our lawnmower, I see. <laughs> yeah. All right. And who paid for our lawnmower? <laughs> All right, Patrick, here's yeah. another one. We do payday at the first of each month for chores the month before. We give them a set amount and divide it by percentage between categories. God, others, savings, necessities, and fun. Then when they want something that we don't want to purchase for them, we tell them what category it would come from and ask if they want to spend that. Wow. Yeah, very smart, very smart. See now, so my son has already grasped like the concept of what to do with the money. So when he he's gotten into saving, a, a couple of years ago he saved up for a, a Lego set that was three hundred dollars, and uh, worked months at it. How many? What kind of chores can I do? And he got the money, and we went and we got it. 
And he was so excited. And I don't know, it was, you know, 50,000 pieces. I don't know how many pieces it was. It was some astronomical number of pieces. And it occupied him for three days and he was done. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he said, I'm kind of upset that I spent the money. Ooh, it's wise. over. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. And uh, he's been trying, you know, he's like, well, can we sell that thing? I said, well, you took it out of the box. You put it together. I don't, you know, but, uh, you know, it's like now he thinks about, well, before I spend it, you know, and we did that with the computer before you spend it, is this something that's going to last for a while? Or is this just a passing fancy? Yeah. Don't buy it yet. Yep. So that's Here's another, another comment. Nice. I find this one extra interesting. David said, I don't remember getting an allowance, but at one point dad gave us a cow and we could then sell the calf from the cow and get that money. Did you have to raise it? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. It's a I don't have any place to keep a cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I had I, a, yeah, I had a morning and evening paper route from grade school through high school. I earned enough money to put myself through college in the eighties. Thankful. My parents instilled in me the resulting work ethic and the principles of long-term savings. Well, so now uh, my son again wants to, he's trying to find ways to earn money. So he said, well, maybe I could go, and, uh, you know, clean up people's backyards if they have a dog, mm -hmm. clean up the dog waste. And so we were working on, you know, what would you call it? EJ's pooper service, well, you know, pooper scooper thing. And, and then we came up with the ultimate thing, satisfaction guaranteed or your poop back. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we figured that he wouldn't get many takers, that they would just you know, say, you know, keep the money, kid. Keep the money. Yeah. I mean. But I, I loved, I just loved that he was trying to be industrious and say, how can I earn some money? Well, there's a show on TV, Mike Rowe, the dirty jobs. So, you know, just pick a job that people don't want to do, and you can probably become quite successful if you go after that. You're willing to do it. Yeah, you're you're not going to get paid very much to go over and finish eating people's birthday cake. No, no. You know, I'll finish that up for you. No, we got it. Yeah, we'll take care uh, of it. Yeah, but take out the garbage. Yeah, please do. Yeah, and then uh, another comment. Uh, my dad loves me very much. But he's also a funny guy, so when I asked him for allowance, he would say, I don't have to pay you to be good. You're good for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a little play on words uh, there, Dad. That's very funny. Uh, well, it's, you know, and he obviously got that it was Dad joking around. Oh, of course. That's really funny stuff. Yeah. But this is great advice. See, so I'm feeling more comfortable about coming up with a system uh, I especially want them to start getting, you know, money handling skills. Yeah. This is like, this is your money. So if you want to go, you know, yeah. waste it on candy, yeah. you can. Yeah. Teach them stewardship. I, I like mean, that a lot. We, we're out of time, Patrick, but I know that you had saved money and you had enough money to buy your first car by age, what, 18? I, I had saved it. I had it all. I could have paid for it cash. It was $7,200. Yeah. And my mother said, you're paying for half of it and you're going to take out a loan. And she made me get a loan. She says, you need to know what life is like. Wow. So, and she said, I want you to hang out to half your money. I'll co-sign, don't miss a payment, or wow. that's my car. And I think it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Patrick. I Thank you. enjoyed the time. Yep. Patrick Albanese has been my guest to get things started. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the Monday afternoon mix will take its place. David Miles, Rosie B. Be right back.
It is time for the Monday Afternoon Mix, and we've got familiar faces here in the studio. Rosie B. <laughs> and David Miles. I am surprised And you're you familiar. Both. Well, I would it's hope so. It's your show. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. I yeah. hope, you know, I do hope that you're familiar. Well, I, I'm, well you know, I'm, I don't. You're kind of a big deal. It's his show. It's got it his, his name on it. It does. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're right starting tone? off on the wrong foot. We're starting off on the wrong foot. We're starting off on a silly foot. No, that's fine. Uh, but how but our, cool it was to start on a good foot when that tomb opened. Oh, whoa. Oh, my. Whoa, that, whoa. That oh, first, my. That first step out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And air filled in his lungs and his eyes opened. Can you imagine? Oh, come on. Man. It must have been such a light show inside there. I mean, the stone was still covering the front. Can you imagine what was inside, going on inside? Yeah, you know, like when Jesus was talking with the religious rulers and they were rebuking him about the children, and he said, listen, if these children didn't cry out, the rocks would cry out. So what was it like for that stone? Mm. That right? was where he first put his foot. Ooh. If the rocks cry out, I mean, like... And all creation bows to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I mean, like, not to personify a rock or anything, but Jesus made the point that all of creation, I mean, what a moment. Mm. So, And can you imagine the moment that's, I mean, he had already ascended, descended into hell, right? So the enemy is now knows his future and Jesus has triumphed over him. I mean, there were two moments going on there, one of victory and one of sure defeat. Yeah. So I'd like to talk about a couple of passages from John chapter 20. Okay. In uh, relation to the resurrection. I'm looking at verse 6 and 7. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' Jesus's head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the custom is if you're dining at a table, you know, those meals weren't like Mm -hmm. an hour at Panera, right? (laughs) They They were ongoing. They were ongoing. Right. And if you were going to get up and leave the table to go to the bathroom and I don't know how long you'd be gone, but it's not like the way we go nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. So you would fold your... A napkin, your linen, and you'd place it to the side, which would indicate to the server that you're coming back. Mm-hmm. I just thought that's a fascinating. I mean, again, the the linens that were around his body are in a pile, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the one wrapped around his head was folded neatly and off to the side. In other words, he's coming back. I know. It, isn't that the beauty too of the the whole? gospel and the details and the attention Mm -hmm. to detail Mm -hmm. from every single prophecy being fulfilled for 2,000 years before that it could only be Christ and that his assurance just even he's so good to us even in that detail that boom we're going to see him again I didn't mean to whisper but my voice went away for a second do you need some water because I can Um, grab you some if you wouldn't mind that'd be it took your breath away well it does that too (laughs) but I thought I'm losing my voice here so um yeah, I mean, I, I love I love the beauty of just, you know, God's intricacy in this. Um, this past weekend, um, Tammy and I and our kids were out in Phoenix. Our, our, our second son, Jackson, is looking at going, he'll be going to Grand Canyon University. 
which is interesting for a name of a school when the Grand Canyon is three and a half hours north of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. So, but going out there and seeing the Grand Canyon, and it was my first time, and seeing this just massive expanse of mm. God's, you know, handiwork. And Jaden hit it, you know, because we were asking, like, you know, what do you think? And Jaden's like, I just love the layers, like all the layers of color and all the strata, you know, like, well, strata is my word, but he just said, like, you know, you, you have this this light brown to dark brown and this red clay, and then you have, you know, snow in some places and ice, and then just all of this, you know, unique detail that's right there in this picture that you realize, like, man didn't do this. You know, this wasn't man's great idea. And even in all that detail, like you said, when Jesus rose from the dead to say, like, detail matters. I'm going to put a pile to let you know this is done, mm -hmm. and I'm going to fold this up to let you know I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And every, everyone would have recognized that custom. Right. And I think the beauty of us slowing down sometimes, because it's easy just to read and just pass over that. And in our busyness, we can sometimes miss some of the richness by just slowing down and paying attention. Mm -hmm. The nuances of the, the nuances. story, the nuances that. of his love, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, he knows that the the apostles and the women who were following him, that they didn't understand what he was saying. No human would, because others, Lazarus had been um, brought back, but it was in his own body still. Mm -hmm. So to know that he was resurrected, body taken in a closed tomb, that he that the Lord did un what he had done for others to himself by his own power through God and the Holy Spirit, right? Like they, they yeah. couldn't have captured that and he knew it. Yeah. And, and his patience is so so real to me in this and his mercy for us and our smallness, right? Like, because we don't understand. Right. And I think even as we jump into talking about this first step, we we tend to maybe forget that this is actually what I would what I would title a, a tragedy with a happy ending. Because mm -hmm. you remember, you know, after spending all these years following Jesus, laying it on the line, you know, leaving, you know, work and business and all these things to follow Jesus and to have your hopes at the beginning, like what we talked about last week, you know, coming into pomp and circumstance and dun dun dun, Jesus is here, and you know. You know, kicking butts, taking names, and then the end of the week is he's gone. Mm -hmm. You know, the person who's led you is dead, and the disciples are scattered. So, I mean, like, waking up that morning is, it's like this tragedy. And I mean, like, when they're going on their way to the tomb, it's like, man, like, who would have imagined? And then we enter into what happened with that first step that he took, you know, and his heirs feeling, and and this this massive tragedy actually has a happy ending, and I think that's an important reminder for mm -hmm. us today. Because yeah, even as we pass the the, the remembrance and the celebration of Jesus' resurrection uh, today, there are people listening and driving right now who are feeling like they're in the midst of the tragedy part mm -hmm. and not realizing that Jesus in Jesus there can be a happy ending. Well, and it always. Re Reminds me of when times when I have been in difficult seasons, Genesis fifty twenty. what evil is intended for evil, I promise to make unto good, God says, and then dot, 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 because that's usually what we remember for the betterment of other lives. And so sometimes we don't get that timeline mm -hmm. that they received. They had three days of a wait before they saw the fulfillment of scriptures, but we can be 40 years, 20 years, 10 years, 
never seeing it on this side of heaven, what God has intended with our suffering. Yeah. Right? And it's the trust in his character that he will make things unto good from a heaven's economy. And sometimes what do you have in that moment? Just plain old trust because you can't see it. Yet by the fulfillment of everything he has done through scripture, he gives us enough ground to trust him and enough possibilities in the details. I always think those women that were entering in, they were carrying the spices, they were mourning themselves, and they still had this thought. They were going to adorn his body with a 1,000-pound boulder in front of the front of the cave, right? And they didn't even know how that was going to be moved, yet they're going in obedience, hoping that something's going to happen, you know, and yet they were going, and God took care of the boulder. Yeah. And yet, these women were looking for the wrong Jesus. They, yeah. were, they were going to anoint a dead body. Right. Jesus said many times, on the third day I will rise. On the third day I will rise. On the third day I will rise. Yeah. Don't even go, hey, wait, 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 wait. It's the third day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we, should, we should go see if he's alive. Right. And I think, you know, actually in that sense, <clears throat> giving props to the sisters. Because they actually went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. They, they went to bury, to, you know, to... To anoint the body. Anoint the dead body, yeah. Yeah. And so even in the midst of the tragedy and the honor, still saying, like, we're going back to anoint, the, the guys were, like, chilling. And I mean, like, this this is a reality. I mean, like, some of the first proclamation of Jesus being alive is coming from these gals who went to go find a dead body and instead find that he's not dead, mm-hmm. you know, he's risen. You know, Rosie, you said something earlier about, you know, just the whole, um, sometimes we don't get to, we might not see it in our lifetime, mm-hmm. those things. And I, and I think sometimes in our microwave culture, like right. other generations before us uh, would say, you know, they, they lived in a manner where they're like, you know, we might not see it, but we're really kind of pouring into this generation. And uh, as one of my mentors said, living for a time that we might not see, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the, the rich pictures that if you want to go take a step, you're in, at the end of at the end of Genesis. But in the first chapter of Exodus, that in the midst of trial, you had the Hebrew midwives who didn't, you know, at first they were saving children. And didn't have families of their own, and then God blessed them. But they were doing this work, not even realizing that their work and being used to see Moses delivered. And then Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen talks about where Moses says there's going to come a greater prophet who's Christ. But they lived in this forward-thinking way for a time they wouldn't see, and we celebrate that. Mm-hmm. You know, we celebrate God's deliverance through the through the uh, Passover and the passing through the Red Sea and the deliverance from slavery and and using Moses and then the bringing of King David and then the greater David. And here we celebrate today because um, sometimes it's like it's not fully about us. It's about him, and God wants to use our lives in some ways. And so um, I think Paul hits it at the end of uh, 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 1 Corinthians 15. He says, you know, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, and know, dear brothers and sisters, that your labor is not in vain. And I think someone needs to hear that today, mm-hmm. you know, that they're they're working, they're serving, and they're feeling like, you know, I'm not seeing anything. So, ergo, am I a failure, you know? 
and Jeremiah was a weeping prophet, and he served, and he has, you know, a couple of books, Lamentations mm-hmm. and that, and he didn't get to see the fruit of all of it, um, but God used his life powerfully. Mm. And then doesn't our brain fill in details as to how we think our prayers should be answered? I mean, I go to Acts 12 when they're praying for Peter and there's the knock at the door and Rhoda comes to answer it and she recognizes Peter's voice and she's so overjoyed and she runs back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door and they say, you're out of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, but how many times I know I've been praying for miracles before or praying for God to move in an action and you would think if you're praying those prayers, you would have an expect an expectancy to see an answer. And then on the times that the answer is immediate, I'm always like, wow, you, you would think that the awe would leave you, like that you would, there would be more of an expectancy of trust, but it happens all the time, at least when I pray and all of a sudden an answer comes through quicker than expected or more grand than I could have ever imagined. And I'm surprised. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the human condition. We pray for things, and these women knew, and the apostles knew that Jesus, what he said, but their understanding of what was about to take place was from a human level, and it caught them off guard. Yeah. We're going to come back with plenty more Monday afternoon mix. We're, we're, our hearts are full from Resurrection Sunday. Um, so, David Miles, Rosie B., we're continuing to talk about the beauty of the risen Savior. We'll be right back. Start each week with a moment of reflection and prayer with the Faith Radio Prayer Devotional email. Sign up today at myfaithradio.com. to the Monday Afternoon Mix. If you had a conversation with a loved one or a family member or somebody over the weekend about God, and maybe you're wondering, tell me more. Uh, If you'd like to know more, you can reach out to us anytime you like. You can send me a message, bill at myfaithradio.com. I'd be happy to answer any question you have. You can even... uh, you can go and download the Faith Radio app. You can find a lot of wonderful resources there. If you've never done that, you can do it very simply by texting the word APP, A-P-P, to 877-933-2484. We'll send you a link. You can download it quickly, and it's safe and secure. There. That's cool. Yeah. David, Rosie, uh, as our hearts are full today, I know there's plenty of people, I'm sure, that... Maybe went to church because they do it Christmas or Easter, and maybe they're visiting family, and the family goes to church, so they, out of politeness, go with. Maybe they don't want to be going, but let's pray that there's some people who heard God's word, and it's alive in their heart right now, and maybe they just need to process what they heard, and they're ready to make a decision. I have a story about that. It happened to my girlfriend. 
Um, she had her windows replaced, and she has um, people living with her who are not following the Lord that they've invited to church many times. But it was the people that were replacing the windows that invited this whole family, and they all went. So some God sent somebody else in to replace the windows for an invitation to church, and the people that were living with them said, okay. And wow. then they went. Yeah, That's cool. Isn't that great? That is. So you never know. Opening the doors of utterance of Christ is or no, Lord, please open the doors for, to the mysteries of Christ. I always talk about the power of the invite. Mm-hmm. Why not invite somebody either to a new relationship with Christ or, I mean, David, mm-hmm. think of the friend in high school that yeah. saved your life. Yeah, He invited you to some event and you went and you're here today because of it, most yeah. likely. Yeah, I'm trying to remember years ago, um, Outreach had did a thing called Back to Church Sunday. I'm not sure if they still do that anymore. And it was a thing of inviting people. And this is when I was living in in, uh, Ohio. Um, And I remember one of the people came and shared and they were like, it was some like massive number, like 87% of people would go to church if invited by a friend, family, or coworker. My goodness. Or friend. But only like 11% of people actually invited their friends, family, and coworkers to go. And, you know, in my work as a pastor and just doing different leadership and things like that, you know, um, when I would sit down and meet people and and even do like home visits to sit down and get to know people, it was amazing um, the number of stories where people were like, you know, there was something different about my manager. I I couldn't put my—the way that they just led their heart for the team and they just like—and one day was going through something difficult and I just kind of asked them, you know, can— can we go grab coffee and can you kind of tell me what, what is it about you, you know? Um, and, you know, one dear guy, amazing um, space engineer, uh, when, when I was in Ohio, he shared about how God used a health situation um, that really just humbled him but brought other people into his life to minister. And he said, you know what, I thank God for that that infirmity that happened to me because it really brought me to a greater understanding of who he was and what he did. So yeah, the power of the invitation, you know, you, you see it all the way through scripture, you know, you see it through, um, inviting Peter to go to Cornelius's, mm-hmm. you know, inviting Ananias to take in Paul, you know, Nathaniel, you know, Andrew, I mean, again and again, uh, just an invitation, I was talking to my friend Patrick, not in today's conversation, but over the weekend, I was at the gym on on Saturday, and I was realizing that it's such a different culture from 30 years ago when you went there, and there was incredible community, and you talked to people, and you encouraged one another, and you spotted people, and now everybody's got earbuds in, mm-hmm. and nobody talks to anybody. Right. And it's this perpetual kind of disconnected loneliness that I can see in the eyes of people. Yeah. I mean, that's how when walking through a buddy of mine, I went to NDSU with North Dakota State University. He called me and he was like, he said, dude, I, I just walked out of the student union. I said, yeah. He goes, it was so quiet. I said, no. he goes, there were students everywhere, but they had earbuds in. And that was so much different than, you know, kind of the talking and meeting people and, communi- you know, communicating with one another. Um, so, yeah, this this need, um, you know, we're, we're we're connected by technology, but becoming more disconnected mm-hmm. uh, and deep in, you know, communal ways that are needed. 
And it's so interesting going back to um, the women that were at the tomb. What Jesus or the angel told them is go and tell. Right. So yeah. that's still our commission today is to have this, the resurrected Jesus that we know about living inside us and to be going and telling. And so I think today we have to be more creative in how do you break through? How do you do that invite when everybody has their headphones on? I mean, you almost have to be your intention, not only to tell, but your intention to at least make eye contact or to figure out ways to give an invitation is also needed in today's world. I think one thing, and it comes back to what, what Jesus did, I mean, it's how he modeled this. Um, you know, Tammy was just sharing about one of the <clears throat> very, very, really cool things about our trip, which is one of the cool things that just having everyone at home is really just sitting around a table and laughing mm-hmm. and talking and eating food. And uh, and making space, like if you, if we allow that one space to even be a technology zone, free zone, and just sit down and have conversation. And for some, it might seem awkward at first. Um, and I don't know if we have different things like we, we could put online that just like conversation starters or something, Bill, that just some different things just to kind of engage with, just to kind of get, you know, the wheels moving. But you know, I really do. I love sitting at a table with my family and just talking and laughing and, you know, and giggling and, you know, and in ways like there was a full round roast. Everyone got roasted, <laughs> you know, um, but Jesus did that with, you know, calling us to, to the deeper meanings of the communion table. But there were all these different ways that they shared meals. Because remember, what was the charge against Jesus? Jesus hung out and he ate and drank with sinners mm-hmm. and tax collectors. And in the original language, there's that imperfect tense, which means he continually and habitually hung out and had relationship with people. Mm-hmm. And I think we hunger for that, not just the physical food, but the the emotional, mental, spiritual connection with other people. Yeah, we're, we're analog beings living in a digital world. Mm-hmm. We just need contact and eye contact and Sometimes you just need arms around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 to think about it, let's let's take this to the end end game. You know, how does Scripture portray this picture in Revelation nineteen? Blessed are those who have been invited to what the marriage supper of the Lamb. Mm. So once again, we gather around this table mm-hmm. to celebrate Him mm-hmm. with all these people to say Hallelujah and glory and praise and honor. And I'm going to love heaven because, you know, like, you know, can kind of like whatever, like some food, like right now, I can look at food and it just sticks to my sides. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even eat that donut. And you're trying to lose the yeah. weight from just looking at it. Yeah. I, I and all of a sudden there's this, a, there's this lump on the side of me and I'm like, I just looked at it, you know. But, uh, but there'll be this rich fellowship and this rich meal sharing mm-hmm. um, with God. And that's one of the, the, the richnesses and outpourings and outworkings of he's not here. He's risen. Yeah. He's alive. Mm-hmm. This is the short, brittle world, and we pray to the God that will one day take us out of this life into his eternal kingdom. And just what you described, David, is just just lights my, lights up my heart hearing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the resurrection mean for us today? 
Well, because of the resurrection, we know that Jesus is the Son of God, and all his promises are yes and amen. We know that Christ is real, alive, and ruling his kingdom. We know that death has been conquered and that we, too, will be raised from the dead to live forever with Christ. We know that the power of God that brought Christ back from the dead is available to us to bring change and transformation. We know that we have hope for the future no matter what happens. We know that Jesus is coming back again for his church and all that and so, so much more, all because he is risen. Wow. Good, good stuff, David. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. It's just so fun to talk about it. I know. It's really I exciting. I love this. Well, it's so exciting because, you know, we, we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, but truly, they were still seeing him now for quite a few days and having interactions with them. It did not stop for um, the apostles and for the people that were following Christ. Mm-hmm. Five, do there isn't there five hundred or some eyewitness accounts of seeing him after he died? Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you imagine if Jesus walked right in here? What would I mean? We would be shouting it at the rooftops, and and that and they were able to live with him within that time period. Amazing. Yeah. All right, welcome back, David. I know you're out of town this weekend. Nice to have you back. And Rosie B, I will uh, see you more in hour two. We've got Adam Ramsey coming up. He's written a book called Truly, Truly, I Say to You, Meditations on the Words of Jesus from the Gospel of John. Chris Palmer is going to teach us some Greek from 1 Corinthians. That's all next. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.